set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Hello, people. So, I have a question for you. Let's see here. Hold on. Wait, hold on just one minute. Because, of course, we started the show on time and my computer decided it would, like, take forever to load. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did. We were just attacked. That's right, about 4 a.m. So, the Prince of- we're going to go ahead and mute that until we can skip it so we can get to our opening song. Hold on, wait. We got it. All right, ready? Here it goes, people. There we go. Anchored down in stagnant waters, <laughs> discontent with That's so I funny. Stand. This is Morgan Harper Nichols. There's gotta be something more. In case you didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I 
There we go. Don't let me miss a single gift that you have given me. I wanna be grateful. this now there we go okay i can take this off now hello people okay so i hope everybody can hear me okay i take this cheap little headset off me put it over there yeah i am <laughs> so how many of you by a raise of hand or a tapping of hearts or putting a one in the box can tell me that today does not feel like Friday. Because <laughs> today does not feel like Friday <laughs> to me. It feels, I don't even know. It doesn't feel like Friday though. And what I can tell you is that like an hour ago, I was like ready to go to bed and take a nap. Oops, because, because, just because. Right, anyway, so, but whatever. Hey, if you're uh, new to the show, I am your sweet and lovable host. Yeah, I am. And uh, this is Bible News Radio, where, yes, we do look at the headlines of the day with a light touch. Yeah, we do. Because, really, do you have to take everything in life seriously? I mean, you know, occasionally you do, but you don't have to. Not everything. So, I thought that today, what we would do, I am going to, I want to share a couple of things with you all. And, uh, and then we're going to get into some interesting headlines of the day because there's lots of them. And, um, and hopefully what we have to share will change your life, at least in this much of a way. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> so I see Mia and Sharon in the chat and Jim, and I don't know who everybody else is over there. Is there people on YouTube, Bareface? Uh, yes, there is. There's people. There is a people. There's a person. There's a person, yeah. One person. As far as I can tell you. Oh, yes, my camera has moved. Oh, yeah, you should put yourself on there. You're too sexy for the camera. Yes, you are. <laughs> I got a funny story about Bareface, but I'm not going to share it. <laughs> sure, leave them hanging. <laughs> I would never do that. Okay, well, anyway. Mm. Whoops. <laughs> Are you, oh, something. He's I fixing don't know. himself. Yeah, I had um, repositioned my camera for a video conference and forgot to move it back, and so now look, you're you look almost as tall as me. Almost. He's so much taller than I am. All right, first thing I want to do is shout out um, Masterpiece Market. Masterpiece Market is our friend 
uh, Pastor Cindy here on Periscope, which we actually tagged her in the. And maybe you should spell that. Yeah, well, it's in the it's in the title. No, not masterpiece. It's oh, not... met the masterpiece market. Okay, yeah. so masterpiece is M A S T E R P E A C E market. This is custom designs, each gift handmade, especially for you. Yes, and Pastor Cindy is the the leader of the glory train here on Periscope. Those of you who are not on Periscope, you probably don't know who she is, but she has been an Etsy seller for quite some time. And actually, it was on Sunday when I wasn't feeling good, and Bareface did the show for for me, at least most of it. I jumped into her scope and I ended up winning some stuff and I wanted to share it with you so that you could go bless Pastor Cindy and look at her store if you want. Because I wholeheartedly b believe that there's so many people out there who are talented, they're gifted, they're on Etsy, they're on other little places where they're making handmade stuff. Christmas is literally less than a month away. And I think you should support, if you're going to spend some money, support small business owners, especially people like Pastor Cindy, who, who uh, you know, they use their money for ministry. Anyway, so when I, when I jumped on her Periscope, she, uh, she was giving one of these away. This is a key fob keychain, basically. And, um, and it turned out I won it. Yeah, I did. I don't know if it was a planned win or not, but I did win. And I was like, yes, I won. So I wanted to show it to you. It came today. Um, so basically, this is a it's a cloth uh, key keychain thing, right there. You can see the thing right there. It's got some tassels on it, and she personalized it for me. So she put a key, and she put a heart on there because of my last name. Because me and Randall are are awesome. That's what she said. Uh, my initials S and L, which stand for my name, Stacy Lynn. Which, by the way, in case you don't know, I actually prefer being called Stacy Lynn <laughs> over Stacy. So many of you called me just by my first name, but that's okay. Uh, anyway, and then here's the keychain part here, right there too. It's really light. Um, it's it's kind of cool. It's kind of cute. She's selling some more of these over on her Etsy store. But I wanted to show you her packaging is so good. So this is this is like. She sells jewelry for animals, um, and for animals to wear. For, for also, well, it's for animal lovers, and you know, so, so many of us have had pets die, and so she sells memorial jewelry. So this was um, is actually really packed, really nice. This I'm not going to try to. It was wrapped with that nice, pretty bow. I can tell you the the wrapping impressed impressed me. Anyway, it comes with some paper stuff inside and, and other stuff. And um, and I'm actually wearing the necklace, which my microphone is hiding. Oops, can't see it right there. But now you can't hear me. No, not very well. <laughs> but this is a little dog. I don't, you probably can't see it very good. And then there's a heart right here. There's a heart there. And then there's a cute little dog pendant. Um, I would think, I think the, these are really made more for children, honestly. I don't think it's, uh, it's, it's, if you have somebody who's kind of a, a jewelry snob, you're probably not going to want to give this to them because it's not that, it's, you know, it's costume jewelry. But it's, it's meaningful if it's, but if it's, it's a memorial. Yeah, but it's yeah. cute. Yeah. It's, it's really cute. 
And she also does other stuff. And this was the one thing. I this did, is the one I, thing. I did buy this. I bought a couple of the, the necklaces. But the, the other thing she makes is now these things. Now, I my mom used to love owls. I mean, she, I grew up with owls all around me. And um, what this is, is a homemade uh, scarf. And it's a circle scarf. But you got to see the, the owls. See how cute, cute they are? Hoo! 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 No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> anyway, so, but wait, here, I'll show you it. It, it, um, you know, this is pretty easy to make, I think, if you're, if you're. Infinity scarf. Yeah, so this is an infinity scarf, I think is what Randall just said. I think that's what. It's a circle it. scarf, basically, you know, it's, it's a circle. See? Like that. And then you can wear it like this. Like I'm going to wear right now. And and then you can you know, you can wear it long, give your give your uh your thingy, you know, your your outfit a different look. I actually bought it because I like owls, but also because in Tennessee it's pretty cold and so you know you can when it gets a lot colder, I'm definitely gonna be wearing it this way outdoors. And so it's uh you know, what do you think, Bearface? You like it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Good answer. Thank you. I think it is. I have a green one, but anyway. So if you want to, uh, I'm going to keep it on, but I'm going to make it longer because I'm not, I'm not cold right now. But um, so if you want to uh, bless Pastor Cindy, go over to Etsy, E-T-S-Y dot com. And type in Masterpiece Market, and you'll find her page uh, specifically. And you can see the different types of stuff that she has there. Um, because it's it's pretty cool. And, you know, she ministers on Periscope um, all the time. And what I can also tell you is that she, you know, she does this for her ministry. You know, she, she makes stuff for her ministry. And I have to say, I was so impressed with the packaging and how she presented everything. She put so much love and and dedication into the, the packaging. And the other thing that she does is she wraps gifts like the us the utmost imperfection. If you want gifts wrapped by her or you want to get something from her and get it specially wrapped, her wrapping is like superb. So you should definitely just check it out. In fact, you can go back to a couple of her, her scopes here on Periscope and check it out. Super cool. Um, all right. So with that said, Cindy, if you're watching, thank you for the stuff. I'm going to think about you every time I wear this. Mm -hmm. And my little dog necklace as well. All right. Um, and now... Was something completely different. Yeah. So today, Randall and I, we went and played per uh, we went and played Periscope. We went and played pickleball. Mm hmm. Say what? I don't... <laughs> Randall pickleball. never plays pickleball on Friday, but you know it's a holiday. We just we had a really good Thanksgiving yesterday, um, didn't we? You want to talk about Thanksgiving yesterday? How cool it was? Well, sure. It was it was cool. Uh, we had invitations from a couple of uh, local friends, and went to one. Um, for dinner, one house for dinner, very 
very hospitable, very uh, welcoming environment, <clears throat> even though most people there were new to us. Everybody uh, there was new to me. Yeah, so uh, it was just a uh, just really good time of just, you know, meal and conversation. And then uh, we came home, fed the dogs, Stacy fed the dogs, and uh, we just sat down for a little bit and then headed off to another house, another cordial invitation uh, to get some dessert. And that was, that was a... That was a good time too. Little. Uh, it was a lot different. Little, a lot different dynamic. Um, <laughs> well, because demographically, you know, it was uh, the second was mostly young women, right? And uh, the first was, you know, all ages. Yeah. Yeah, and, it was cool. And and, and familial. But one of know, the highlights <clears throat> at the first place we went to for me was talking to the young man who is a believer who's he said he was 20 right right 20 years old and i gave him our link to our show so if you're watching you know who you are Mm -hmm. yeah you are and you were so cool because one of the things we were talking about was we were talking about tiktok and how on tiktok and i and i want to encourage those of you who are watching i know some of you are like whatever i don't know what the heck you're talking about but The overwhelming majority of our audience that I know of is over my age, <laughs> 50, okay, over 50. I, I do have, you know, there's a good segment of you that are under 50, but I would say the people that I know of are over 50. So on TikTok, the mobile app, which you'd have to get and download, it's T-I-K-T-O-K. Um, if you get on that app, you will see that the Lord is doing a massive work in young people because there are so many young people, and by young, I mean 20s and and, um, 30s, you know, just sharing the gospel boldly. There's baptism after baptism being shown, and there are kids just doing one-minute TikTok presentations of the gospel and sharing Bible study stuff and exhortations. There's this one guy... Um, I, and I'd say he had to be in his early twenties. He said the Lord gave him a couple of dreams recently about the rapture and how the rapture was going to take place soon. Now, whether or not it will, I don't know. But what I do know is in the book of Joel, it says, you know, that in the end of days that young men will see visions and dreams and old men will do the same. I think pretty sure that's what it says. But anyway, the point is that talking to this young guy, Um, it was so encouraging because, you know, they want authenticity, right? And like one of the things I learned from watching some of these young people on, on TikTok is that they wish that they had the culture that we grew up in, many of them, because they are stuck with their phone. They can't even go out on a date and try to get to know anybody without a phone disrupting their their time together they have no clue and no reference whatsoever what life was like without a phone because children today from babyhood are given technology to bond with over people and uh and all that so but i'll tell you what there i think that there is a revival going on and i don't think that people know it because they're not in the right place to see it i had no idea 
until I started looking on this alternative social media. So anyway, so that was a real blessing to me. And I mean, there's so many more, but you know, to my two friends that invite us over, you know who you are. Thank you so much. You have no idea how much you blessed Randall and I. And to me, that was probably in the top five of my all-time Thanksgivings ever. It was my favorite. <laughs> you have, It was probably in the top three. I'm going to move it up to the top three. <laughs> Which should tell you something about all the Thanksgivings in my life, just so you know. <laughs> it was great. It was awesome. I loved it and it was sad it had to end. But anyway, so I hope all you guys had a good Thanksgiving. And I don't know if you're watching YouTube, but WD is under 30 and George is uh, only 45. So Only, huh? Only 45. Well, that's okay. Well, I mean, you were saying earlier about those that we know of or oh. those that you know of were, were over 50. Well, thanks for letting us know your age because you know what? Hey, I don't feel 51. I know I am, just so you know, but you know, you don't have to judge. <laughs> no judgment, people. No, I'm just kidding. Feel free to judge away. <laughs> I don't care. All right. I wanted to open up um, with, uh, with a story. Uh, I want to open up with this one first. The Westboro Baptist Church. How many of you guys remember Westboro Baptist Church? Some of you might, some of you, you might not. But Westboro Baptist Church was founded by Fred Phelps in the 50s. And uh, he was best known for making signs that said God hates fags on them and going and picketing people's funerals uh, and just being a, a, a I'm not going to say that. <laughs> I'm not going to say that either. I'm really trying not to be myself, people. I'm trying to. <laughs> I am being myself, but I'm I'm trying not to. Um, what's the word? You know, I'm trying to be an older woman and season my speech with grace. There you go. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, I know some of you enjoy it when I say butthead and other things. <laughs> well, we'll just say that. Butthead. Fred Phelps was a big time, huge butthead. But anyway, this article says Westboro Baptist Church defector Megan Phelps Roper says she no longer believes in God. Um, and I'm bringing this up for a couple of reasons because it's a good it's a good discussion. But let's read the article. It says here, Megan Phelps Roper grew up in the fundamentalist Westboro Baptist Church, but defected in 2012 at the age of 27. She says the experience was, quote, abusive and that she no longer believes in God. Okay, now, first of all, the author of this article um, uses the word fundamentalist. Note that, okay? First of all, Westboro Baptist Church was not fundamentalist. It was a cult, okay? I am a fundamentalist, which simply means that I believe in the fundamentals of the Bible, and I believe in applying the fundamentals of Scripture so the fact that they have always lumped actual Bible believers or fundamentalists, you know, into this cult. Yeah. And it was a cult. It was a family, people. This was literally like a family of like 25 people, something like that. Uh, it, ew. Yeah, that really bothers me. But anyway, so she says the experience was abusive, duh. And she no longer believes in God. Now there's a huge shock, okay? It's sad, but... 
it's not a shock, really, because when you have a butthead, uh, you know, doing what he did, what do you expect? Anyway, it says here, appearing in an interview with KBMC News. <laughs> Is that the jingle? I have no idea, but I thought, what the heck? I should make my own. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, she said her upbringing in the church was religiously rigid and at times physically abusive. That's an understatement. The church was based in Topeka, Kansas, where it was founded by her grandfather, Fred Phelps, in 1955. It is notorious for its God-hate fags, placards, and derided by both Christians and non-Christians alike for picketing funerals, most especially those of deceased soldiers. Reflecting on her experience of growing up in the church, she said, It was abusive. There's no question in my mind it was. Gramps' policy was to beat first, ask questions later. Attempting to explain the picketing, she said, We thought it was our duty to go and warn people of the consequences of their sins, and I understand that to be the definition of loving our neighbor. We would always say the sign doesn't say anything about our personal hatred as human beings. It's talking about the hatred of God. Her own faith, though, started to unravel as a result of what she was seeing and reading on social media. Up until that time, she says her belief system had been steadfast and hardcore. But then she started to question everything and had the staggering realization that she didn't believe any of it anymore. The way it came into my mind was, oh, my God, what if we're just people? What if this isn't (laughs) the place led by God himself, she told KMBC, KBMC. Interesting that she would begin the thought with oh my god right and that realization was staggering staggering and completely destabilizing asked about where she stands with faith now she said that although she has some kind of belief it's definitely not in god i don't believe in god anymore she said i don't like to say i'm not a believer because i still feel like a believer in a lot of things primarily hope and grace and the power of human connection when the interviewer clarified whether this meant not being a believer in God, she answered no. So, you know, I don't know about you, Bareface, but, <clears throat> okay, so she was 27 in 2012, so that was seven years ago, so that means she's, what, 34 now? Something like that, yeah. Depending okay. on her date of birth. Okay, so she's in her 30s, and that's sad. <clears throat> Yeah, so whether this meant not being a believer in God, she answers, no. Does this mean not being a believer in God? No. So she says, I don't believe in God anymore. To clarify, does this mean not being a believer in God? She said, no. <laughs> so seems a little conflicted about. Well, I think, this one I think. Obviously, I don't know her. But this last line here. I don't like to say I'm not a believer because I still feel like a believer in a lot of things, primarily hope and grace and the power of human connection. Where does hope come from and where does grace come from? And what is the hope in? Right. So, grace in what context? Right. So what this tells me is that because of her spiritual abuse that she went through, which she did, yeah, I mean, let's just say it. Yeah. Not um, a fundamentalist and, church. And, well, and you know, the thing is, is let's just be honest. There's a lot of abuse in the church. You know, I've been sure. abused in the church. Hmm. This poor woman was raised in the church. 
Uh, I know quite a few people I've met here in Tennessee that were abused in the church. Um, yeah. And if you, and if you really want to get down to it, if you really want to look at the trends that are in the church, especially our church today in America, uh, there are many movements within the church that are completely unbiblical that <clears throat> people, uh, are deceived. But when there's yeah. blatant abuse, like the, the cult family she was raised in, yeah. I can totally understand why she would have a distaste for God. But let me ask totally. you, but I will say this too. I can understand it, but I don't think it's an excuse because people have a responsibility to try to find God for themselves, right? So, you know, the Bible says, if you seek God, you will find him if you seek for him with all your heart. And I think pretty much everybody in America, at least most people, at least I would say the majority have heard of the Bible, which is where you go to seek God usually. But if you're, if, if the scripture was twisted, like it was for this person, that can take some unprogramming to deal with, um, you know, and, and it's unfortunate, but like, I, I go back to my friend, uh, Carmen Ayler, who <clears throat> was raised in the LDS church, the Mormon church. Her whole family was descended from Brigham Young, actually. And one day God laid on her heart to, she wanted to witness to her Jewish girlfriend who, it wasn't her girlfriend. It wasn't like they were dating, but it was her friend who was a girl um, who was Jewish. And so God told her, get her a Bible. And so as a Mormon, she went and bought this Jewish friend of hers a Bible. And her friend read it and, and realized that Jesus is the Messiah, is the Jewish Messiah. She actually accepted Christ as the Messiah. Anyway, she ended up leaving, moving um, out of the area from her friend and the Jewish lady ended up getting involved um, in the Jehovah's Witnesses. Now that's a cult and karma was in the LDS church, which is also a cult. And I know that the Mormons have done everything that they can in their power to make us all try to believe it's a pure Christian religion, but that's a load of crap. And, <laughs> and it's, it's bull, it's baloney, it's BS people. Mormonism is a cult. They have the Book of Mormon. They put more emphasis on that. They have the Pearl of Great Price. They got Doctrines and Covenants. They put all the emphasis on those fake books, and they pretty much ignore the Bible. And so what happened with Karma was that she had such a burden for her Jewish friend that she knew got involved in a cult, which was the Jehovah's Witnesses, and she could see that was a cult, that her and her friend agreed that they would look at the Bible together and they ended up doing this Bible study because Karma was trying to prove... Yeah, it's a book that they had in common. Yeah, Karma was trying to prove that her friend was in a cult and her friend was trying to prove that she wasn't, I guess. I don't know. But what happened was, as a result of Karma setting aside those other man-made books and taking the time in the Word of God to discover truth for herself, as K. Arthur would say she actually started to see the deception of the Mormon church and she became a believer in Christ and started following the Bible and um, became a follower of Christ. And eventually her husband did too, which was super cool. Um, one day her husband was driving down the 
driving down the street and he was listening to the Bible Answer Man before it got corrupted with Hank Hanegraaff as the host uh, when Walter Martin was the host. And he called in and he um, had a question about something. I don't know. I can't remember what it was. But he ended up receiving Christ there on the side of the road listening to Christian radio, which is why I do this. It's not really radio, but, you know, people have heard the gospel on the show. Anyway, long story short, that type of system, that religious system that Karma and her husband Charles came out of, only happened because they started to seek truth for themselves in the Word of God, not the not the Book of Mormon, not the Pearl of Great Price, not Doctrines and Covenants, and certainly not the Watchtower magazine that the Jehovah's Witnesses put out, and intentionally deceived their followers, by the way. <laughs> yeah, there's strong evidence of willful deception and misrepresentation. It's yeah. intellectually dishonest. Completely. We've talked about that before, and with our own research but set for another day what i what finds what i find encouraged about this article as mm-hmm. this young woman when she was 27 defected from the church well she grew up in it this was all she knew <laughs> you know this was her you know this is religion to her this was god to her and yet she defected why i mean yeah. that tells me that something in her heart of hearts knew that this wasn't right, that this was a misrepresentation of who God is. Even though it was all she knew, grew up in it, that tells me that there's something in us, you know, the whole nature versus nurture thing, that God has put in us, um, you know, this, as Pascal would call this God-shaped vacuum. Um, at least she knew that it didn't measure up, it wasn't right, um, despite, you know, being yeah. exposed to nothing but our life, well, knew her... it didn't line up and, and defected. Yeah. So I, I, I am hopeful that a couple of she will come to did. know the true and living God. Yeah, I am too. And you know what? I mean, at the end of Fred's life, he was thrown out of the family system. And a lot of people in that family disowned him. And a lot of people actually left, quote, the family and the cult, even though they're not calling it a cult, but whatever. Um, this is where the gay activist community likes to lump all of us all in together. And it's like, no, that's not it. But whatever. Okay. All right. So speaking of that, the let's see here. Another person you should be concerned about is J.D. Greer. Okay. Now, you might not like this either. And, you know, I've had people say to me, why don't you just call out lots of people? You know, let me just tell you something. I could spend all day doing that. I could list Bible so-called teacher after Bible so-called teacher and point out their bad theology, etc. blah, 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 and get hundreds of thousands of people tuned into Bible News Radio. But that's not what we're about, just so you know. But I am, I am about, you know, doing this. So there's a new article titled, Christians Should Be, Quote, Generous, Unquote, about people's preferred pronouns, says J.D. Greer. Okay. Let's read this. Megachurch pastor J.D. Greer thinks Christians should be generous when it comes to how to address transgender people. Hypothesizing about a transgender person coming into his church, he said he would be inclined to refer to them by their preferred pronoun. Okay. All right. So I'm going (laughs) to... I'll... 
okay, I'm just going to go ahead and continue the article. Nowadays, it's become fashionable for people to state on their social media accounts how they like to be referred to, for example, slash he slash him. But preferred pronouns have become a flashpoint in the transgenderism debate because some people believe that it's right to address others by the pronouns that correspond to the biological sex. I cannot even believe I'm reading this. Greer, who is the president of the Southern Baptist Convention, people, waded into this debate on a recent episode of his Ask Me Anything podcast. Personally, if a transgender person came into our church, came into my life, I think my disposition would be to refer to them by their preferred pronoun, he said. I think Christians ought to be charitable in how they approach this. I don't think there's a definitive once for all time right and wrong answer. You know what I think? I think J.D. Greer should have his rear end booted from the Southern Baptist Convention. And you might think that I'm being harsh. And if you do, I don't care. And here's why. And I'm not even going to bother wasting my time reading the rest of this article because this bozo should just be, he should be kicked out. Because you know what he's doing? He's capitulating to the, the gay lobby. That's exactly what he's doing. Instead of adhering to God's word and understanding that God made man male and female, right? Now he knows that, right? He knows that God made mankind male and female. Instead, what he's like, oh, I'm going to be lovey-dovey. I'm going to be generous. I'm going to be charitable towards somebody who is confused, right? That is not speaking truth and love at all. That's bullshit. Sorry, I said it. <gasps> it's so true, though. It's, it is. And that is not going to get anybody saved. It's not going to. And, and the fact that this guy is heading up the Southern Baptist Convention, he should have his butt thrown out on his butt. He should just take them by the ear and throw his rear end out. Because what kind of bad example is that? I mean, Randall... <laughs> This makes me mad. And this guy is also a twit. And, well, for, you know, I agree and for right reason. Now, he doesn't say, now if he was to say, if I encounter someone in the world or whatever, I'm, you know, but it's not the word. He says someone comes into the congregation, someone comes into the church, comes into my life. You know, they are coming into the place of the congregation, which is... Which is for believers. Can unbelievers come? Yes, they can, but they're coming in seeking something. And and to and to affirm um uh something that's <laughs> detrimental to them, you know, not a judgment and attack on all transgenders. It's coming into the church, okay? <laughs> coming into the church, okay? Uh into his life then it's like, hey, you're in this circle of influence and fellowship now. You are in a position of receiving the truth in love. Yeah. And and it's not loving to um, do what you prefer. I mean, if we did that with everything in church, well, I prefer this color carpet. I prefer this kind of worship. I prefer this. I pre- you know, I wish the lighting wasn't so bright. I wish it was dimmer. I wish it wasn't so dim. I wish this wasn't so loud. I wish... You know, you you can't you can't cater to everyone's preference, and in this well, case, when preference is not just a matter of flavor of ice cream or of color of carpet or volume of music, this has to do with 
conflicting with material reality, yeah. biological reality. Can, can then... I, okay, let me finish the rest. Because, right. okay, I should just read this. Okay, so. I thought you weren't going to. But, well, there's an interesting thing in here. So he says, continuing on with the theme of being charitable, Greer said that Christians should remember that if someone asks about pronouns, it could be an indicator that they're having a personal struggle with their gender or know someone who is. Well, I personally think that's a load of crap because normal people don't care. Like, you know, you are a man. I am a woman. Call me she. Don't call me he. If you do that, I'll hit you. I'll be like, I hit like a girl, just so you know. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But then he says here, too often, let's just acknowledge the church has failed to be the sanctuary. The church ought to be the one place that people that struggle with sins of any kind ought to feel safe. I agree on one little part of that. The, the part that I agree is that the church should go to a sanctuary. It should go to a building we call a sanctuary. Okay. I am the church. You're the church. Wherever all you people are right now, we're having church because you're all the, the church. But... Those who are deceived by the LGBT lobby and their theology are, are not convinced it's a sin. So it would be one thing if a person who came in with a, quote, confused pronoun issue, if they actually felt it was a sin, but they don't feel it's a sin. They What they're doing, and they've been brainwashed, and they've been indoctrinated by the people in the lobby, they have been brainwashed into, you know, saying, hey, you know, if I go in there and say, you know, like if I decide all of a sudden you guys should like call me like he woman from now on. Yeah, you should. Because I got big hair and, you know, I'm powerful and stuff. And if you don't refer to me as a he woman, then you hate me. And I'm going to go ahead file a hate crime against you because of your hate speech against me because how dare you not see me the way that I see myself you know you could also say that about well some people who want to be called a dog or a cat or a monkey or a, sh or a sheep whatever right I am not a dog I'm not a cat I'm not a monkey I'm not a sheep none of that stuff I'm not a plant I'm not a tree either just so you know but the whole lie that's wrapped up in that, and it's so stupid, but people are, like, deceived by it, is, is that, well, and, and they and they targeted the church, okay? So they intentionally go into the church. They demand to be called the opposite gender of what they really are. And if you don't capitulate to it, then you are a hater, and your church is targeted, and you've just committed hate crimes, and anti-discrimination laws are going to be smacked against you, and you're blah, blah, etc. And so... I want to interject here. Okay. Paragraphs you just read. I mean, think about it. He says, the, the church... Ought to be the one place that people that struggle with sins of any kind, not to be, ought to feel safe. Okay, a lot of times, whatever, struggling with what is the way to show this person respect, and there's a struggle going on there. Okay, let's pick another sin. Someone's struggling with alcoholism. Do you tell them, well, it's okay to have a few drinks. It's okay to get drunk once in a while. You know, we will, we'll, we'll. we'll you know, go down to the coffee shop, we'll give you a bottle of whiskey while you're struggling with this. And then, you know, when you're comfortable, 
when you prefer to be sober, then then we'll celebrate that too. Or you know, I'm you know I coming in, I'm you know I'm promiscuous, you know, sleeping around. Well, you can go around. You can well, you know, we'll furnish a prostitute for you because that's your preference because you're struggling with this right now. But when when you no longer prefer that, when you're comfortable, then you know, then we can we'll stop supplying the prostitute. You know, it's it's just like. It's like well, you're struggling with it. So you're struggling with it. So we'll give you your preference right now because right. you're struggling with this. Oh, you're struggling whether or not to jump off the ledge. Well, we'll, do, we'll tell you to go ahead and jump for now, and then when you're ready not to jump, then it's 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 couched in being oh you're struggling with sin. We're going to be we're gentle and respectful, but you wouldn't do that with any other sin. By encouraging it, well, by feeding but it, but they don't. But in the LGBT lobby, they don't believe this is a sin. All right, but they're not in the church. He's talking about someone who comes into the church, right? But a lot of these guys are coming into the church, right, to disrupt it to and disrupt to bring the it down and to read, bully the church. Read the Epistle of Jude, right? Um, so the, he concluded though by saying it was a conscience issue that Christians should make up their own minds about that, no matter what. They should speak the truth and show a quote generosity of spirit. These two things are bigger than the pronoun question. Now, look, I don't dispute that we should be generous, that we should be polite and kind, right? I don't. But you can be kind and tell the truth and say, oh, you know, I'm so sorry, honey. You know, you you may want me to refer um, to you whoops. as as a he, but you are a girl from the head of your top of your head to the soles of your feet, the insides and out and everything. Um, because your DNA, God made you a female. Let's say it's a female pretending to be a male. And you can hate me for it, but, you know, I speak the truth and you know it. You know, I mean, there are different ways that you, you can be nice to somebody who you disagree with. I mean, some of my closest friends, I vehemently disagree with them on this issue. Um, but we have enough respect for one another that we allow for that opinion. J.D. Greer, as the head of the Southern Baptist Convention, needs to lose his job, in my opinion. I think he's setting a very, very, very bad example, a hugely bad precedent, and I think that he's a big, fat chicken, too, just so you know, <laughs> because he's capitulated to the, to the agenda, and that's exactly what it is. Irritates me. It really does irritate me. All right, so there's another article titled More and More Transsexuals Speaking Out Over Regretful Surgeries, speaking of the, 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 the homosexual lobby. So it says here, the number of natural-born women, the very fact that we have to even say stuff like that. Yeah, we need crazy. those adjectives now. We can't just say women. <laughs> women doesn't mean women anymore. We Natu have to qualify that it's natural-born women. Yeah. Having surgery and taking hormone therapy to appear as men and end up returning to identifying as women continues to rise. Biological women who have transitioned into men are coming out in droves to detransition, regretting their initial decision and mental states that allowed them to transition in the first place. Regrets and irreparable damage. One female who, who returned to her lifestyle as a woman after living nearly two decades as a man found herself in a dilemma when she realized that she had made the biggest mistake of her life. This was a mistake that should 
Never have happened. How do I go back to being the Debbie that I was? Debbie, a biological woman, pondered in an interview with BBC News. Unlike many deciding transition to the opposite sex in early adulthood, Debbie didn't decide to take the step until her mid-40s, which is surprising. Debbie was born a girl, duh, and lived most of her life this way, but almost two decades ago, age 44, she sought help to transition from a woman to a man. BBC explained, Debbie underwent a full female to male surgical transition, which included having a, a phalloplasty where a penis was constructed from skin on her forearm, and she changed her name to Lee and spent 17 years on testosterone, masculinizing hormones that can lead to changes such as more facial hair and more muscle developing. Debbie is now detransitioning at age 61 to appear as a woman once again after believing a lie, believing and living a lie for decades. I thought transitioning would help me become accepted in the world, she shared. BBC noted that more and more transgenders are now seeking to return to their genetic sexual identity after having gone forward to become the opposite sex as Debbie had done. Gender reassignment surgery became more popular, even though an ever-increasing number of transgenders are returning to their original sex like Debbie, there is an unprecedented demand in the United Kingdom of thousands who are waiting two years for specialist services to have gender reassignment surgery and hormone therapy to appear as the opposite sex. Waiting lists for gender identity clinic services have hit an all-time high of more than 5,000 gender-confused individuals and two providers are reporting average waiting times of more than two years. And that's HSJ, a division of Wilmington Healthcare based in the UK, announced in August. One expert clinician says his service is four times oversubscribed in terms of what is funded to deliver. Restoration. But others like Debbie, such as 40-year-old Thane, who started her medical gender transformation process in her 20s, made the decision to stop the transition just a couple of years after starting. At 26, uh, Thane sought help from the NHS and was prescribed testosterone, but after two years, she decided to stop taking the hormones and detransition. BBC's Hannah Barnes and Deborah Cohen recounted, New influences in her life triggered her decision to turn from her transition and remain a female. It wasn't until I discovered a community who were affirming to gender nonconforming people, which is the radical feminist community, that I really made the decision to stop. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Helping those wanting a way out. Another former transgender is now helping women like her return to their natural sex. Charlie Evans, 28, also strug struggled with her gender identity from a young age, and at 15, she started to identify as a boy, shaving her head, binding her breasts, and using male pronouns. Barnes and Cohen recounted she never took testosterone and after several years went back to identifying as a woman. Now she seeks to help others like her who made the wrong decision to make things right again. She has since set up a support network for detransitioners and said she had been contacted by about 300 people, including some who had surgically transitioned. Confusion and mental challenges spurred many biological females to make the wrong decision. Many of us are same-sex attracted, and most of us identify as either lesbian or bi bisexual, and a lot of us are autistic. She explained to BBC, 
Lack of mental clarity at the time these women decided to move forward with the gender transformation process was found. Many of these women felt at the time they had sought treatment that they were not in a state that they were able to give consent to medically transition because they felt so unwell about with eating disorders or depression. The former transgender added, she told BBC that she was shocked to see so many women reaching out to her support network in order to detransition back into their fully female form. Word from the medical field, experts in transgender matters such as psychotherapist James Caspian, who has analyzed numerous transgender adults over the past 10 years, has recently been sought out by dozens of transgenders who are seeking to revert back to their former natural sex. This whole area of transgender medicine is very under-researched, Caspian asserted, noting that there are common issues detransitioners told him that they have experienced. Quite a lot of them seem to have had a very negative experience of being female in a female body, sexual harassment, and even abuse. <clears throat> they erroneous, erroneously thought changing sexes would solve their problems and later discovered a sex change was not the answer. <clears throat> and, you know, we've, we had um, Walt Heyer on our show a couple times, and Walt is a man who transitioned to being a female and did that for i think 17 years or something like that had the reassignment surgery yeah and then through a series of circumstances with some christians and some prayer and some other stuff um he eventually transitioned back and he has a website called um no got a couple but one of them is um, uh sex change regret, regret. yeah right. sex change regret.com so if you haven't been there yet you can go there and check that website out uh, sexchangeregret.com. So. Yeah, and it's uh, not surprising to find <laughs> this out. What what I saw on the theme is a uh, a need to be accepted. Yeah. And a need to be accepted, and a, and a you know thinking that somehow changing my physical appearance is going to make me accepted. But as you're famous for saying, at least in my world, <laughs> is wherever you go, there you are. That, yep. you know, you take your stuff with you. Uh, your baggage comes with you. Well, not necessarily baggage, but, uh, you know, just... Well, it is bad. We all have baggage. baggage. right. But, but, I mean, things, <clears throat> you know, from early ex earlier experiences stay with us, uh, especially from childhood and those formative years stay with us. Can they be remedied? Yes. You know, can we? But what's really needed and... I was expecting to see this article, but I read the linked BBC mm -hmm. interview. Yeah. And this article uh, is almost verbatim. We took a lot of it out of the BBC article. But the BBC article uh, goes on to talk about, there's some other persons interviewed in there. And they, in retrospect, they said what they were really looking for was therapy. They were looking for counseling. And what they got in turn was this indoctrination, right? About how to, you know, help them on their transition. Yep. And what they really needed was to deal with the stuff that going on on the inside. Yep. Not, not to do an outward thing. And that's what makes me mad because mm -hmm. the enemy knows, and we have laid this out a gazillion times on this show. I mean, when you. If you study this issue, like I have for close to 20 years now, what you'll know is that the devil is great. He knows what he's doing. 
By the way, I had a funny story about the devil too, by the way, but I'll get to that maybe in a minute if I can remember. I want to say hi to Deplorable Angels. and Angie is in there and uh, Pastor Garrett is also in there. Mama Gina is in there. Mama Gina said, actually, uh, the <clears throat> there are lots of YouTube videos of people who switch back. Actually, the newest numbers show most do switch back or want to. Well, yeah, I mean, it. you know, it, it is, that is true, but the devil was so smart because when homosexuality was originally put into the, to the Diagnostical and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, it was there for a reason, because it's a disorder, a genuine, actual disorder that there is research about. And the etiology of homosexual feelings, or the origin, if you want to use a smaller word, has been studied and they show it's usually a attachment disruption problem with the same sex parent sometimes abused by the opposite gender parent uh and you know interestingly the autism piece is in there um that is actually something also that's very new but i've seen this also that is a piece because there's a developmental issue there right when the homosexual activists came in and lobbied to get it thrown out they did it was a backdoor deal basically they did zero research to remove the homosexual diagnosis from the dsm zero none it, it was a backroom deal it was a vote it was a vote and With they went ahead they voted out quorum the thing and then so then think about it so they go ahead they they get the gay lobby on their side so then they can say, oh, well, the APA, they don't think it's a thing and, you know, and all that stuff. And most people, because they don't know, because they're not in the field or whatever, they, they think, oh, whatever. And then the media has indoctrinated people for the last close to 30 years with this. I mean, I've been covering it 20 years and I saw the indoctrination even before I started covering it. And that book, After the Ball, I have an eight-part eight video or seven hours of this video series, The Marketing of Homosexuality to America, right here on my YouTube channel. Go look at it. Take the time to go watch it. I literally took time to, to type out paragraphs in that book and explain it to you because I want you to see that's, that's if you look at it, that's exactly what they did. And that's, that's why we're seeing so many kids today who, are, who have embraced this. But spiritually blind people are also spiritually blind because they're not reading the word of God. In fact, I challenged a friend of mine, and I was going to talk to her later about this, but I actually challenged her. I said, you know, I think you really need, need to do an in-depth Bible study on this issue in the Bible alone, not reading liberal pieces or people like Matthew Vines or those bozos out there who've taken their own interpretation and twisted the scripture and the meaning. And not even reading people on my side. Just read the scripture and take it at face value for what it says. And you'll see the answer. Right? But if you don't believe God's word is is infallible and er inherent and, and perfect, well, then you're going to disagree with God, period, anyway. The Bible's pretty clear. There's zero ambiguity on this issue. Zero. 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 There is zero ambiguity on it from so many logical standpoints. First of all, Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. I know it's trite, but whatever. It is what it is. Second of all, there is no book on homosexual marriage in the Bible. There is one on heterosexual, however, called the Song of Solomon. Third of all, 
if you look at the role of men and women in scripture and how men, husbands are supposed to treat wives, you got that whole thing laid out and family. You don't have that for a homosexual family or so-called marriage. So just read the Bible. <laughs> just read it. And then you'll see. But, you know, people are like, well, I can't understand it. It's an ancient book. It's so hard to get into. <laughs> Well, then call me up and we'll do a Bible study together and I will help you. I mean, it just, just just drives me crazy. Yeah, just, just real quick. Matthew chapter 19, go read it. You know, the, the religious leaders came to the Lord, Yeshua, Messiah, said, hey, well, basically this, this rabbi says divorce should be allowed in this situation. This rabbi says that. What do you say? You know, should can a man divorce his wife for any reason? And he says, basically, scolds them for not knowing the scriptures. He says, have you not read? He who made them male and female, who in the beginning made them fe male and female, so the man shall leave his father and mother, and a woman cleaves his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. He says, therefore, what God is joined together, not one let anyone separate. So they were in that time in the first century. Well, these people are saying this. These people are saying that. That's this tradition. That's this tradition. What do you say? He says, you're, you're missing the point. You're, you're going, you're looking at it as a human institution, this humanistic, you know, construct that, you know, whoever you believe in, who's ever interpretation, whatever. No. He says, go back. Go back to the scripture. In the beginning, God made them male and female, and the two shall become one flesh. Right. Not three or four, and not male and male, not female and female. They were looking at human sexuality as some human institution, when instead it's by divine design. Right. And see, here's the other thing. They also talked about the homosexual lobby redefined love. Okay, so we talk about truth in love in the word of God, right? You got to tell the truth and do it in a loving way. Okay, now you might not like my opinion, but I'm not like cussing you out, calling you every name in the book. I'm not being hateful. I'm just telling you my opinion based on God's word. You can choose to see it as hateful if you want, but it's not. I can choose to see how you do stuff as hateful too. But no, it never goes that way. All right. Okay. Also, we have... We have to thank our sponsor, Ariel Ministries. Yeah, we do. Ariel rocks, you guys. If you want some good, solid Bible teaching, go, go to ariel.org and, um, and check out a lot of their free stuff there. But also, don't forget, if you're going to buy anything, go over there. Use the coupon code Bible News, and you can save 20% on your purchase, which would be totally cool uh, if you did that because um, <clears throat> that, they're our sponsor. Yeah, they are. So, um, so yes, check that out. And of course, we recommend the Yeshua books, the Yeshua Life of Messiah from a Messianic Jewish perspective, because it gives you the perspective of that day and time and the culture in which it was written. That's pretty cool. Uh, on our website, babanewsradio.com, there's a recommended resources page. There's resources at the top there. Those books are there as well. Some other great things that you can might want to look into. Yeah. I also wanted to bring you to your attention this article, and I don't, did I send this one to you, the Why Have a Will or Trust article? Yes, you did. So you guys know that uh, my business is Legal Shield, also known as Ladies of Justice. One of the big, one of the big things that you, you get when you become a member of Legal Shield 
is um, you can get your will done for $25 a month, okay? $24.95 to be exact. And I want to read you this article because this was written by or brought to you by the courtesy of Paula Walker of Confluence Law Center, uh, Gresham Outlook Insider Estate Planning Expert, okay? Why have a will or trust? I thought this was interesting. It says here, uh, continuing our series on why having a will or a trust is important for you to consider. In a prior month's article, we addressed the orderly transfer of assets as one of the key factors. In this article, we take a look at a particular type of asset, cyber assets. You may think, oh, this doesn't apply to me. I don't have any of those. I don't use Facebook or Twitter. I don't author online publications or store, or store photos, but read on and think again. Dying without a will is called in, in, intest... You can do it. <laughs> intestis. Okay, I looked it up, and I actually listened to it on my dictionary app, so I could say it right, and I can't remember it. How do you say it? Intestacy. Intestacy. How's my name in there? You'd think I'd be able to say that. But anyway, and for digital assets in particular, there's a phenomenon, a phenomena called cyber intestacy, i.e. Die, dying without a will or with a will that does not specifically authorize your estate administrator access to your digital assets. As a starting lineup of some familiars, the term digital assets includes email, social media, cloud-based accounts that store all manner of things of value to you, paid subscriptions, and automatic bill pay. Assigning authority over your digital assets is a critical component of an estate plan. If you do not have an estate plan, create one that includes provisions specific to your digital assets. If you do have an estate plan, take action to include them if they're missing. Without them, those automatic bill pays and keep till canceled subscription payments can continue after your death. Electronic bills can go unpaid and loved ones may struggle to access favorite photographs and other digital mementos you'd you'd have liked them to have. So... I bring that up because yesterday I was talking to somebody in their early 20s explaining to them they needed to get a will done. I don't have anything. I'm like, I don't care. You still need to get your will done. All of you out there need to get a will will done. In fact, I'm going to read part of another article. I didn't give it to Bareface, but I'm going to read it, read the part of it because it's, there's some stats in here I want you to hear. It says, celebrity estate problems offer a cautionary tale and not just for the rich and famous. It says here, the widely publicized family feud surrounding the estates of Tom Petty, Aretha Franklin, Prince, and other celebrities vividly illustrate why estate planning is essential to provide for the people and things you care about most, even if you're not a rock star. While celebrity cases may make headlines, the angst, divisiveness, cost, and public exposure, albeit to a lesser degree, are played out in daily, played out daily in probate courts across the country. Assets are tied up, family members are at odds, tax and legal bills mount, and private information becomes public. Estate planning is not just for the wealthy. In the past, many people considered estate planning as something just for the wealthy. That view is changing. Uh, Yet many Americans have not taken the most basic steps to ensure that their heirs are properly provided for in the future. In fact, a recent survey by Edward Jones found that while 77% of Americans believe that estate and legacy strategies are important for everyone, only 24% of Americans have taken the time to designate beneficiaries for all of their accounts, leaving 
the simplest of legacy decisions up in the air. So what I will say is that if you still have not get your will done yet, you can get it done with Legal Shield for $24.95. And it's a monthly subscription. All you can you can cancel it after you get your will done. You need to get your will done, people. It's a very serious thing to get your will done. I know some people don't like to talk about it, but that old adage, when there's a will, there's a way, is really true. And the digital asset thing is super important. And um, you know, and all that. And I'm thinking, look, if I died, I have so much digital stuff of, of me and Randall. Like all of our Bible News Radio archives go back for, for a long time, over a decade. You know, what if somebody, I give it to somebody here, you need to make sure that my legacy lives on forever in the digital world. I, you know, whatever. My point is, is you guys got to get it done. You don't know when you're going to die. You know, you, you think you might think you do, but you're, you don't. So money is an excuse. Everybody has 25 bucks. So if you want to get that done, uh, contact me and I can tell you more how, how to do it because it's not hard at all. It's so easy. Um, and you know, Randall and me did it and I did it. Randall and I did it <laughs> and you can do it too. Just so you know. Okay. Randall, do you have any thoughts actually on that? On the will? Yeah. That's that's a that's a, a facet that I had not Thought considered about. before. Yeah, the you digital a, assets. You have a lot of digital assets. I yourself. do. You got a ton of stuff. Your video, your music. Yeah. Um, any of you who are online that create anything, that is a digital asset. You know, that's your legacy. Right, and uh, you know, I I know of people that deceased and their Facebook accounts are still out there that, that um, well in some cases a family member has been able to take them over and well Facebook cases, well Facebook has the thing where you designate that but in the will you, yeah right but in if the will that covers everything not just Facebook well right I'm just saying that uh, yeah there are things like that you know that you don't think about it you know Twitter account what happens and uh, but certainly email you know, um, I mean, I don't know how hard it is through Google or Yahoo or whoever to get access to email that's not yours. You know, do you have to provide a death certificate and and what else? I mean, yeah. I don't prove that you're, and if it's not stated in the will specifically, I mean, so what? So what if you're yeah. next of kin that doesn't... Well, you know, Sam Parshall. Best to have it spelled out in a will. You know Sam Parshall, right? Janet and Craig Parshall's son that died a couple years ago. I think almost four years ago now. His Twitter account is still up and active. I mean, you can't... He's never going to tweet again because he's not here. But his Twitter account is still up. You know, there's no new tweets on it either. There's not one tweet on it, you know, that... That even said he died. So, you know, I don't know if his wife doesn't know it. I, I don't know. The point is, is that, you know, it's something to think about. And and I keep bringing it up because I have the answer to help you if you need it. All right. What else, Bareface? Should we end on this other story? The spreading the good news story? 
Um, yeah, we could. Okay. I think this is the last one I sent you, right? Yeah. Okay. So it says here, spreading the good news with quiet hum of secret printer. This is cool. I'm trying to find it. Did I send it to you? Yeah, you did. Okay. But I'm not. Well, it's not it. that long. Okay. I've got it here. All right. It says here, the underground church is flourishing in the Middle East where a steady supply of freshly printed Bibles is reaching the populace. Uh, Brent Ropp, Vice President of Operations at Wycliffe Associates, says print-on-demand technology is helping in dangerous areas where Christians face persecution, if not death, if they are discovered. Yet the danger is still there. Ropp recalls when several Bible translators were attacked and only one of them survived. The lone survivor sent a message to Wycliffe from the hospital, don't be discouraged, it is worth it. Wow. When we got that message, all of us broke down. Rop recalls because there was a guy who had just lost four of his closest colleagues and he's writing to us so that we wouldn't be discouraged over what happened. Today, Wycliffe has deployed 114 PODs in 41 countries. That's print on demand, just so you know. The print system complements the ministry's MAST system, which is used to translate books of the Bible into native languages. So a newly translated book of the Bible can be quickly printed and distributed, all done quietly and secretly. Wycliffe Associates plan, plans to provide six high-capacity print-on-demand systems at a cost of $25,000 each to help meet the growing demand for Bibles, particularly in the Middle East. So, And there are some other stories I read recently as well about the persecuted church and pastors losing their lives, leaving behind children, um, you know, and stuff. So don't forget... You know, just because you live in America or some other country where your head isn't being threatened and you're not being threatened to be killed every single day doesn't mean that there aren't people who believe what you believe being killed every day. Because there are. Um, and I wholeheartedly believe it's coming to America. And I see it happening in our government where they're putting Muslim extremists in our government and that's their whole goal. And I've said this a gazillion times, it feels like, that by 2020, Islam wants to overtake America. We're a month away from 2020, people, just so you know. And, uh, and you know, the media hates President Trump. Um, they hate Christians. And there is a huge deception going on in the Christian church. Even Franklin Graham was duped by Chick-fil-A. And um, I chose not to address it tonight. Maybe I'll address it tomorrow um, because more stuff has come out about Chick-fil-A. And, um, and I am not the only one that thinks Frank, Franklin Graham was either duped or he's being paid off somehow. I don't know. But when you have a huge leader like that in the Christian community, um, again, you know, siding with people who are compromising, because that's what these stories all had in common tonight, in case you didn't catch that. Compromise. If if J.D. Greer is going to compromise under the guise of love, which is baloney sandwiches, as somebody said earlier. <laughs> Poor baloney gets a bad name. Uh, my baloney has a first name. It's O-S-C-A-R. Yeah, my baloney has a second name. It's M-A-Y-E-R. Anyway, um, don't you love that commercial from many years ago? <laughs> Apparently you do. <laughs> 
oh, I love to have it every day. I can't remember the words, but whatever. You can go look it up on YouTube and (laughs) sing the song. What? And if you ask me why, I'll say that Oscar Oscar Mayer has has a way with B-O-L-O-G-N-A. Right. (laughs) Anyway. Maybe this is why we're still live streaming bareface. Could be. Because we were a spectacle on the web. <laughs> uh, hey, why do you guys love us so much? I want to know that before we end the That's show. That's assuming they love us. <laughs> they, the LGBT group, have been turned over to reprobate minds. They believe... They believe what they say and nothing else. Can they be reached? Maybe, but that's up to God. I agree with you, Forrest. 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 Yeah, that's Forrest. Good old Forrest. Trying to think of a good joke, Forrest, but I don't have one. But what I was going to tell you at the beginning of the show about Bareface and Pickleball, you all thought I forgot about it, didn't you? Well, you're right. I did until now. So today we played Pickleball. <laughs> I, yeah, we did. I'm... I, so I was sitting, I was sitting down in my, and my friend, John, I'm going to say his name, but nobody knows who he is, but John, cause there's lots of Johns in the world. So John was saying to me, Hey, do you see that guy over there? He points to Randall and he doesn't know that Randall's my husband. <laughs> and I said, yeah, he's like, he's like, I think he's kind of full of himself. I said, really? Really? And he's like, yeah, I go. You're kidding. He goes, what do you think of that guy? And I said, well, I think he's kind of cute, actually. You know, and I said, you don't know who he is. And he's like, no, you know who he is? I go, yeah, I kind of know who he is. <laughs> and it was so funny because he didn't know that he was my husband. And um, and and he certainly doesn't know Randall because Randall is so not full of himself. Uh, but yeah, I guess Randall instructed something that he shouldn't have done, and no, no, John what took it, it the wrong way. I wasn't instructing. I have to let John know that you're such a great guy. I wasn't. But, I wasn't instructing anybody. What, but wait, what it was? Uh, but wait, I told I told John I was gonna go out. I was gonna school you on the uh, court though, and he was uh, he was super happy that I got out, and he was cheering me on. Did you notice every yeah, time I hit it, and you because uh, you guys got clobbered by me and whoever else was my partner? I can't remember. I don't remember either. Um, anyway, yeah, I, I wasn't instructing anyone how to play. It's just the game there on that court. I was watching several times. They got confused as to whose serve it was and, and what the score was. So I started being the referee, not telling you know people how to. Far be it from me to tell anybody how to play. I'm I'm still a novice, but I was just calling the score. And side out, you know, point. This is actually an originally made scarf, so I don't know how you can have the same scarf as me. Maybe the material material. is. is, Or maybe Cindy made more than one. Could be. I don't. I don't know, but I like the the owls. I feel wise when I wear this. Yeah, I do. Wise guy, huh? (laughs) So George, thank you for your comment. George says you guys are an awesome team. Oh, that's so. You're right. We are. <laughs> I should say thank you instead of being a smart aleck. Okay. Um. So. Um. Yeah. No. Yes, no, but. But I just thought it was funny because 
Randall doesn't usually play on Friday, and today's Friday. Tomorrow we get to go play again. No. My, um, just so you guys know, you might see, I don't know if you could tell I'm slightly uncomfortable. How many of you, when you eat meat, it doesn't matter what kind of meat, it gets stuck in your teeth and it gets stuck under your gum and for, it doesn't matter. I, there's nothing I can do about it. And I have tried and I flossed and I brushed my teeth really hard before I came on this show and doing it. And I, it's just this part here and my sinuses are a little bit dry so my face hurts right here. Meat as an animal flesh or from fruits or just uh, when you say meat. like Meat, like, like chicken flesh, and turkey. Yeah, yeah. yeah well... Maybe uh should be eating it. I don't know. Randall wants to be a vegetarian. That's good. I don't mind that. But with I'm, the, with I'm the not, ban on I'm romaine not, I'm not strong salad. enough. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Very difficult having been, you know, raised and lived in a, you know, meat and three kind of. You know what I would love to see you, like, try to give up? But like you tell me, well, why don't you give up? Blah blah. I'm like, I do. Well, you have in the past. Things that you told me that you want to give up, <laughs> and you say tackle me if I ever. <laughs> and so I try to remind you things that you said in the past, but I've never told you to. <laughs> I'm laughing because that is so true, people. I am so not gonna lie about it. <laughs> Like, one thing is ice cream. I think it was ice cream, right? Didn't I tell you? Yeah. Like, don't ever let me eat any ice cream. Just tackle me. Like, keep it away. <laughs> oh, that's never going to happen. In moderation. But I would like you to, like, give up pizza. I mean, that's like the... That's like one of the... His favorite food in the whole world. It's like one of the few meals that's just... Uh, Completely balanced meal all in one. I'd love to see you give up quesadillas and pizza. I could give up quesadillas, but but pizza, I mean, you've got your you got your four squares there, you know? Mm -hmm. Depending on what the toppings. You got your dairy and, and bread and fruits, vegetables. Now and... Forrest says he has two teeth that get plugged with meat. Are do you okay, let me ask you this. Do you have crowns around those teeth? Because that's where mine are. Right there, just so, and it drives me crazy. <clears throat> anyway, not that you need to know any of that, but whatever. All right. That was for free. So I should tell you that if you haven't joined my text message list, I am doing Bible trivia questions and also scriptures. And today's Bible trivia question had to do with, um, let's see here. I will go back up Rahab. Rahab. Rahab to normal people. So the question was, let's see here. I got to scroll back up through my massive list of questions. Wait. Oh. It was question 800 and something. 845. What did Rahab hide the two spies under? Pastor Garrett, you should know the answer to this because you're a pastor. You should know all things Bible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> about the spies yes Rahab hid the spies but where did Rahab hide those spies what did she hide them under was it under a blanket 
Was it under roof? Was it under a car? Mm-hmm. Was it under cover? <laughs> Just kidding. That well, that was, was supposed it to be understanding. <laughs> anyway, if you join my text message list, text Bible News to three three two two two. You can get on that list where I will try to stump you with my biblical knowledge, which is all on this thingy thing here I have here. Thingy thing. <laughs> I actually learned something a couple of days ago that I did not know. That's good. And so does Sean, actually. Sean did, too. Sean learned something. He's usually the first one that gives me an answer. He's like, boom, I'm on it. And he sends me the answer. And he was wrong the first time. I gave him clues, and he finally got it right. Forrest has it right. <sighs> mm-hmm. Forrest answered the question. Yeah, and you, too. Yeah. See, there you go. Yep, and they're, they're both. See? Yep. Me, too. So what side of the mouth do you chew on the most, people? The right or the left? Randall, where do you chew the most? Just curious. I know where I chew the most. Hmm. Hmm. Probably, probably the left. That's where I chew the most. I chew most on the left. Under flag stalks. That's correct. Very good. You win my admiration. Yeah, you do. You got it. Right here. Okay. All right. Do we want to talk about anything else before we leave tonight? Or I could do another Bible trivia question. Wait, let's see. Throw out a number between 1 and 1,000. Go ahead. The first number I see, I'll read that question. That's on my list of 1,000 trivia questions. Oh, that's why you're asking me these numbers every day. Yeah. Okay. I just thought, I don't know. All right, anybody? A number between 1 and 1,000. I'm waiting because this is a slowly delayed thingy. Yeah, Facebook is really... All right, Mama Gina says 665. All right, Gina, let's see here. I'm scrolling through, and then 357, okay. All right, 665 we'll do first. Okay, what will Jesus what will Jesus what will Jesus drink new wine in the kingdom of God? That doesn't even make sense. No, it doesn't. What will Jesus drink? That... What will Jesus drink new wine in the kingdom of God? That's that's a self-answering question. Wait, let me see what the answer is. <laughs> Hold on a second. I will tell you. Or was it when? It's probably the question would be when. But... Well, the answer is the fruit of the vine. All right, we'll just go for... The... Gina, give me another number. Okay, 357. All right, let's see. Look at 357. 357. All right. How many books 
How many books are there in the New Testament? That is the question. That's 357. How many books are there in the New Testament? Bareface, you should know this. I do know that. Yeah? Okay, I'm going to make sure you get it right. All right. Just give you enough time to Google, Google the answer. <laughs> All right. So how many books are there? You can wait. Let's give the audience an option. How many books are in the New Testament, people? Do you know? How many of you know this? I know how many there are in the whole Bible, but how many are in the New Testament and the Old Testament, if you want to throw that one in for fun, because I could tell you all three numbers. Yeah, I could. I'm going to have to kind of say, I guess, the Protestant Bible. Because if you talk about you know, the Catholic okay. Bible, you're going to get we're not, more. We're not Catholics on but, the show here. But, but I don't think people care. But, but New Testament books, that's going to be... <laughs> That's going to be um, okay. consistent throughout. Does nobody know? You guys don't know? New Testament. Okay, number so, of New Testament books is so the case. So George says 42. Is that... That's your whole, final answer? Is that the whole Bible, the New or the Old Testament? Because I'll tell you the answer is completely wrong on all accounts. But you're close. Yeah, you are. Gina's in Awana trained. I get it. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'll give you a hint. There's 66 books in the whole Bible. Protestant Bible. There's 39 in the Old Testament, mm -hmm. which means there's what in the New Testament? Bareface? 27. That's right. Doesn't that change your life, people? 66, 39, or 27. Just remember that. It just, yeah, it's just memorization. I don't know. It just... All right, one more, one more question, then we got to end the show. One more Bible trivia question. Give me a number, people. Uh, 66, okay. Waiting for the number. Oh, we're not going to use 66. No, because I think that's not. That was the answer. George though. was, yeah. Yeah, but still. All right, 214. All right. 214. Okay. <laughs> I could read the answer first, and then you'd have to guess the question. But then Ooh, that would I be, like that. That would be Jeopardy. All right, how about we do that after we do this one? Okay. So the question is, what animal did Samson kill on his way to Timnah? You you should know the answer to that. Yeah. Okay. Are you going to put yourself on screen? Yeah. Anybody know what animal Samson killed? Why was it going to Timna? And when he came back, Gina knows the carcass She's, of the animal. Was... Gina said a lion. You would be correct. Yeah, you would. All right. So you and want when me... he returned to the carcass of the lion after coming back from Timna, what had happened to the lion carcass? I'm waiting for Gina to answer. Okay. Gina knows the answer because she's super smart. Okay. 
I'm going to give you the answer next. Let's see. I give the answer. Give me a number. Um, Gina says bees. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So smart she is. She's super smart. Okay, so the honesty policy said 9-11. I'll just use your your number. I'll give the answer, and Bareface will have to give the question. Okay, so 9-11. Great see. Karnak here. I'll show the, <coughs> the turban <coughs> to put okay, on. Okay, here's the answer to 9-11. Father of Lights, James one seventeen. What is... Well, the question is... What is the question? Um, well, hold on. Let me scroll up so I can find the question. <laughs> I would say, from whom does every good and perfect gift come from? Nine <clears throat> eleven. The question is, who does James say is the source of every good and every perfect gift? Okay. Look at that. You're so smart. Yeah, you are. You're hunky. You're cute. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> What are you laughing about? I actually was in the store. This was so funny. There was this lady with her kids in the cart. Cause yeah, we went shopping on Black Friday. You know what we bought? Dog food, people. Mostly. Mostly dog food. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because our dogs need food. Um, we can always eat some other time, but... So true. We buy more food for our dogs than we do ourselves, I think. Um, some, some weeks are like that. Anyway, so we, we actually... Um, but I will say our friends, this is, this was so cool. You know how, when you go to a banquet, you know, and they have you, you have that big, the big tray, aluminum the tray, foil pan, the, the foil pan. Our friends actually gave us practically a half of a turkey with a gazillion stuff in it. They kept putting stuff in there and they wrapped it all up and they gave it to me in bare face. So we actually have a ton of food in our fridge. That we didn't have to buy because we're buying all, we're spending all our money on dog food. <laughs> uh, yeah. What was that I was saying just a minute ago? Oh, yeah. The, the, the woman in the, the store. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's this woman Black in Friday. the store. I got to stop that. So the woman in the store, she was with her kid and they were shopping or whatever. And Randall, I was trying to find socks because. I don't know what happens. If you guys want to send me anything for Christmas, get me socks. Seriously, I don't care what kind, as long as they fit my little feet, size seven and a half. Send me socks. I just, for the life of me, my socks, half of them, three quarters of them have no partner. I thought about starting a group called Socks Without Partners, but, you know, gave up on the idea. But anyway, so as I was going down the, the cart, you know, with the cart, I said, where did that handsome, hunky man go? And she goes, what? I go, there he is. That's my handsome, hunky husband. <laughs> and she just laughed. She thought it was funny. Yeah. All right. I'm sure a few of the foxes he lit on fire were killed. Mule, donkey, a beehive, bees, and honey. There you go. You guys are so smart. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you, you turned into this show, which shows you have considerable good taste. Yeah, it does. All right, tomorrow night, people, we will be back. Hopefully, Lord willing, we will be. Warned. We, we, you've been warned already. Um, but um, yeah, we'll be back at eight o'clock. And um, I hope you have a good day tomorrow. 
And um, thank you for tuning into the show. Like I said, if you want to join Legal Shield, contact me. If you want to donate to the show, BibleNewsRadio.com. If you want to support our sponsor, Ariel.org, uh, you can do all of that. And we appreciate it all. Okay? All right. Be bold, people. Stand up and go with God because he loves you. And we'll see you tomorrow.